Hello, and welcome to Drunk Mythology. I'm your co-host, Krista Hunsaker. And I'm your co-host, Christian Madonna. And guys, guess what? It's time. We've made it this far. It is episode 69. Nice. Yeah, we are so excited that we've been able to continue to do this for 69 episodes. I cannot believe it. 69 numbered episodes with bonuses. We may have already, you know, hit that, but this is the 69th official episode. Yeah. The oh, sex so episode. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> And it's perfect for drug mythology. And today we've got... We've got none other than a sex goddess. Yeah, we got the Mesopotamian sex goddess Ishtar or Inanna, depending on where she comes from. And how we feel. Where'd she go? So if you're if you're of the Akkadian persuasion, which uh, I, I tend to be, then uh, she's going to be a, a Ishtar. Mm-hmm. And if you are a Sumerian, it probably is Inanna. And, you know, both of those are just really, you know, uh, small empires built out of cities or city-states in Mesopotamia. So. Yeah, just a shitload of city-states in ancient Mesopotamia. The Fertile Crescent, seat of civilization. I know, it's surprising that we haven't done as many Mesopotamian episodes as we should have, because this is like a wealth of religious pantheon of mythology. There's just some fantastic mythical stories here. There's some real, real good mythology in Oh, yeah, and we are highlighting. Um, one of the most important goddesses of this pantheon. She's real important for reasons that we'll let you know, uh, some of which being sex. Mm -hmm. And acts therein related to. So <laughs> let's do this. Um, so Inanna, Inanna, sorry. Inanna! Can you believe that? <laughs> so Inanna is a Mesopotamian goddess, like we said. Um, in Sumerian, her name probably means Lady of Heaven, or yeah, Lady of Heaven. And um, as we said before, her Akkadian name is Ishtar. And in this form, she's probably related to the Syrian goddess Astarte, who was assimilated into Egyptian mythology too, which is kind of cool. There's a lot of good goddess crossover happening here. Right? And she's like so, it's, she's just like a medley of goddesses because in different stories she's said to be the daughter of En, Enlil, um, Enki. In one myth she's the daughter of the moon god Suen and the sister of the sun god Utu. She's all over the place. But in pretty much all the stories she's the younger sister of a Reshkigal, a queen of the underworld. And there's some serious sister rivalry going on there. Oh yeah, sister, sister, some power dynamics. You know, it's... It's like Zeus and uh, Hades. Yeah, totally. And um, so she was also the patron god of the city of Uruk. You know. Like Uruk-hai. The Uruk-hai. <laughs> well, yeah. Which is amazing. So in some depictions, as either Astarte or Ishtar, she is like butt naked riding on the back of a lion. Like, you know, just bareback saddle lion riding which is amazing that is that is a fucking badass sex goddess symbol there like that's like an 80s album cover oh my gosh right like godiva rode naked on a horse this girl brings it up to like a, an 11 she turns it up to lion Mm-hmm. we ain't lion <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in other depictions, in her warlike, she's like depicted in her warlike state, um, is when she's like a fully heavily armored female, which is badass. Oh yeah, so get this, like she's she's also a goddess of war and fighting and battle, like she's she's all about that lust, including that bloodlust. Oh yeah, definitely, and I love that she's a goddess of love, and like you know, with Venus, we normally see her like super naked and whatnot, or like clothed and really fancy stuff, and she gets this too, um, Inanna does, or Ishtar, um, but also, she's just sometimes fully in a suit of armor, it's amazing. Oh yeah, she, she pulls off both. Get you a warrior Valkyrie goddess who can do both. Right, and so... 
Her role as Lady of the Heavens is connected with the planet Venus, which I think is really cool. It's very much like Morning Star, you know, it's that same sort of uh, Venus symbolism there. And a lot of, you know, Lady, Lady of the Heavens, Venus. Yeah, and also because Venus is said to disappear and reappear in the night sky, which is tied to a lot of different myths. Um, that's also another reason that she's connected with it, because she actually has a myth where she goes down to the underworld and returns. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's a similar... To, like, a Persephone thing, except really, that's about where the similarities end. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Um, so, she's an important character in the epic of Gilgamesh as well, which, I mean, that could be, it's, that should be its own podcast, or at least, like, several episodes of a saga, and so that's an up-and-coming episode, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, someday, and we've mentioned the epic of Gil- Gilgamesh before, because it's the first story, and so much good Mesopotamian mythology coming out of there. Oh, yeah. So much good pre- Biblical stuff coming out of there. It's like a buddy cop comedy from the ancient times. It's the the first story, and it happens to be a buddy cop comedy. Imagine that. That was the first genre, guys. (laughs) And like Homer's The Odyssey? Come on. That was was like Valentine's Day or Love Actually. (laughs) Absolutely. So let's get into her domains and what she's actually the goddess of. As we sort of mentioned, she's the goddess of war and love, but she's also just sort of like everything. She's like the misc god, right? Misc? Yeah, miscellaneous. Oh, oh. (laughs) Misc. She's a god of all trades. She's, you know, she's a jack of all trades, god of all of them. She really is. So when Enki, who's like the creator of world order and master craftsman, uh, was like dividing up the dominions of the gods, Inanna came up to him and demanded to know what hers was and that, of course, she wanted more. Inanna's all about getting more. Yeah, she's she's definitely like a Veruca Salt in uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory where it's like, I want more! Yes. It's <laughs> like, also becomes a giant... No. What does she do? She falls into the goose pit. No, Never no. to be seen again. Oh, no, I thought Veruca Salt becomes a giant blueberry. No, that's the other one. That's the competitive girl. Veruca Salt is with the go- the geese that lay the golden eggs, and she gets tossed down the egg chute and, like, incinerated, probably. What a weird fucking story. <laughs> yeah, man. Willy Wonka murders a lot of children. Willy Wonka murders children. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here many, many times first. But, yeah. <laughs> So she was like, I want more. And she's the goddess of love and sex, war and battle. And as human instinct, we want more of all of that, yo. Yes, but she's also the goddess of shepherd's instruments, like the crooks and the staffs, like what they use to herd sheep. Yeah, we want more of those too. (laughs) Clothing and instruments related to war, death, and funeral rites. The best clothes. It's called fashion. Look it up. (laughs) So she's also the protector goddess of prostitutes. Yeah, so speaking of, you know, it's like, where, where's the sex? Co- well, lots of sex comes in with sex, war, and shepherding. But also prostitutes. Lots of sex and shepherding. Prostitution. Animal, hu- animal husbandry, look it up. Sheep prostitution, look it up. So yeah, she's the protector of prostitutes, and her most important job there was to perform a ritual marriage once every year, each of their New Year's on their calendars, to the kings of each of the city-states. Yeah, and but this would be like, she'd be part of the ritual marriage. She wasn't like the officiant, you know, or the, the cleric. She no, was, no, yeah, the kings marry was, her. Yeah, the kings were marrying her ritualistically every year. And I know what you're thinking. And you're right. Whatever you're thinking. She does it every year. For every, every city, Every city. 
for every king who's ever existed in that time. Yes. So what this would entail was most likely she would be like in the aspect of one of the local temple prostitutes, right? So Yeah, the- they'd be they'd be like an avatar of Ishtar yeah. or something. Like they would be Ishtar personified. Ishtar she's come, adjacent. <laughs> she's come into the you know, as protectorate of prostitutes. They are she is their patron, so uh, every now and again she can be in a prostitute so a king can can bang one every year. Ritualistically get married, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they get married. Yeah, so they there's actually a lot of poems and stories about like this act because it's like There's a whole genre about this act. <laughs> Yeah, because it is an interesting one where it's like love and sex and it's, you know, her love and marriage. Love and marriage. Yeah. She. (laughs) Go together like a goddess and king. Right. So she's actually recorded in one telling as saying, my parts are well watered lowlands. Who will put plow oxen to them? That's some fucking mesopotamian sumerian shakespeare right there it's so good that is good good writing i dare you to write a better version of that sentence (laughs) right so she just like straight out comes out and is like who's gonna plow right so (laughs) no she does she she invented innuendo (laughs) bring it boys so so as was like her custom with demanding more, like she's always the goddess that wants more, right? Never satisfied. More, never... more, more. Oh, see, I was gonna go. She will never be satisfied. Ah, uh, you're right. She will never be. She will never be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Sorry, well... kings. She'll never be satisfied. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so she demanded more as her domain was not good enough. Um. So her and her father Enki. Um, we're like chatting one time and they were sharing a few beers and Enki got inebriated. Oh yeah. Well, she came in with an agenda. Like oh, she, they yeah. weren't just sharing a few beers. No, she came in like, Hey Enki, or I get smashed. Yeah. And her agenda was actually because Enki was the current owner of the May. He's kind of like the God King who's got the, all the rules and like traits and everything. Yeah. And the May are like their unwritten rules of contact conduct sort of like the ten commandments are where it's like these are the rules that everybody must follow but they're they're more than just religious like they're also it's like the ten commandments the constitution yes. um How like power the, structures should be set up like rules of government it's wild there's actually a hundred like a hundred of them yeah it's it's like a pre hammurabi's code but yes. for like the gods and and bigger up there you know yeah it's for the earthly realm so enki is the owner of these may it's gonna be May. And it's spelled M-E, but it's pronounced like Justin Timberlake's May. <laughs> yeah, and so the title of like that section was The Importance of Me. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it, what it should have been was, it's gonna be May. It's gonna be May. So, like, Inanna was all about this shit. She was like, I want those. I want those, but how do I get them from my father? Get him drunk. And take them. Well, get him drunk and convince him to give them to me. Even better than get him drunk and just rob him. Get him drunk and persuade him. Right. So he actually agrees to this under the inebriated state that he is. And he gives over each one of them to her one by one. And as this happens, she's just loading them onto her barge. And she's going to leave Enki's city of Eridu and just take him to her city of Uruk. But along the way, Enki's sobered up and is like, Hey, where did my May go? 
And then Enki's, uh, you know, Enki's servant's like, dog, you gave him away. And he's like, what? He's like, I wouldn't do that. And he's like, you literally, you made me sign witness to you giving them away. You gave them to your daughter. Ishtar. He's like, oh yeah, that that sounds like that checks out. So he does actually try to stop her. (laughs) You made me notarize it. Here's your copy. Yeah, I faxed this for you. So (laughs) we had to invent faxing, and we still think it's outdated. Yeah, even back then, Mesopotamia. It was a papyrus. (laughs) (laughs) So he sends his watery like animal warriors, messengers. I don't know to go and confront her because she's on the river back. You know. And so the first one that pops up is like the most fearsome of all the water creatures that he could possibly imagine to stop his daughter from stealing these ancient texts. A Kelpie? It's a frog. Oh, damn. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to go Leviathan a next. A little frog. And it's like, um, excuse me, excuse me, miss. Like a poison miss. dart frog? Miss, excuse me. No, just a water frog. Plain old water frog. Damn, not even a bullfrog. Nope. Just a tiny a bitch frog. frog. Yep. <laughs> A pansy frog. And it's like, excuse me, miss, 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 uh, excuse me. And the barge actually runs him over and just smears him on the bottom. Oh, this frog was not good at frogger. No, no. Barge frogger is the hardest, the hardest level. So, yep, she just kept going. <laughs> and he actually sent, like, about five more of them to try to stop her at each of the resting points. And just so actually... more fucking frogs? No, I think it gets, like, more progressively intimidating the further Ooh, along you go. Oh, a turtle. Oh, what's this? An no, that's way too intimidating already. Yeah. What's this? A, a robin? A literal fish. And it's like a bitch fish. It's a sardine, really. Yeah, it's a sardine. <laughs> this ain't no swordfish. This ain't no kingfish. Yeah. So she just blows past all of them, and she's like, hey, man, I got this in writing. I got it notarized. I own these now. She's not wrong. She's she's actually not wrong. She, you know, But you know what? You know what? He was not of sound mind and principles, sound mind and conscious, whatever. But, you know, he probably signed that he was. Yep. So she now owns the, uh, like, the rules of May and uh, puts them in her temple in Uruk. So she is now the keeper of the laws of Earth. They're like the laws of the universe. Again, it's like having the the Ten Commandments, the Constitution, and the laws of physics. (laughs) At least in relation to Earth. It was said that, like, the laws of the underworld were different. Ah, uh, that's true. She did not have those maze because uh, Enki didn't have those maze. Enki only had the laws of Earth. Yep. Uh, her sister Arishkagal had those maze. Yeah, and she, um, Inanna was actually eyeing eyeing that position as well, the underworld. Well, when you've got everything above world, what else to do but get everything below world as well? Cause she, she's she's ambitious and that's sexy. She's a go getter. So, one day, Inanna decided that she wanted more power. Never enough. You cannot get enough, May. Yeah, as we said before, she was, like, lustful for war and power as she was for, like, sex. I mean, come on. She's she's lustful for it all. She wants more war. She wants more sex. She wants more power. She's so set to be a king of anywhere. She's lady boss for sure. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the boss. Bows. Bows. So she goes to visit her, her sister, Ereshkigal. And she, like, Inanna dresses up to the nines, right? Like, she's got her jewelry, her fancy clothes. She's like, I'm going to make an impression on my sister and show her how successful I am. 
But also, it's like, listen, you gotta dress up when you're gonna do a hostile takeover. Oh, yeah. Like, Danny, Daenerys, and, uh... Any any of the times she conquered something, you know, you gotta dress. She had a fly outfit. You gotta look the part because if you don't, then they're gonna they're gonna walk all over you. Yep, you gotta have a fly outfit along with your dictator regime. Well, yeah, you gotta have the threads to back it up, and really, what that's about is bravado, and what that's about is confidence. Mm-hmm. Confidence is sexy. And she was confident, except for the fact that she might not return. So she left instructions with her maidservant. Well, that's how you thats how you be confident, is you prepare for the eventualities that may not go your way. Yeah, plan B. And so she left uh, <laughs> Ninshuber, her maidservant. Ninshuber, uh, you Ninshuber, know. Ninshuber, You know. <laughs> Ninshubert, uh, her maidservant, with the instructions that if anything should happen to me, go to Enlil for help. If he will not help, go to Nana for help. If they will not help, go to Enki, who knows how to bring the dead back to life, and also I've got him tied around my finger. That guy loves me. If no one else is going to help because they bitches, Enki will help because Enki's a good guy. No, because Enki's my bitch. That's, well, yeah. and That's, that's the truth of it. <laughs> well, and she calls him a good guy, but yep. really, what she really means is her bitch. Oh, yeah. So she gets to the first gate of the underworld, and she's, like, banging on the door to be let in, right? And Erishigal's mis- uh, minister, Namtar, which is possibly a word meaning fate, which is kind of cool to me, thinking like death and fate working together. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Oh, yeah. In the underworld, the death, uh, the fates. Mm-hmm. So Namtar came to meet her, and he asked what she was doing there. And she responded that she had come to the funeral of her sister's husband, which is sort of ominous because like, I didn't actually find that he was dead at this point. Was this just a straight up lie? Or a threat. Wait, I've come for the funeral of Arish Kagal's husband, and they're like, he's not dead. And she's like, oh, really? <laughs> it's like the scene of Wednesday Adams. It's like, just wait. <laughs> Literally, Wednesday Adams doing anything. This is how she rolled up. Right. So this was super disturbing to Reshkigal, understandably. Um, and But she did let her sister in, but she gave word um, to her minister to close the gates behind um, Inanna so that she could never come back from the road of no return. Every time she crossed the gate, they closed the gate behind her, which is ominous. Yeah, I mean... You know, Inanna has got to, like, know. Like, people don't ju- people don't go down to the underworld without leaving something behind, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. It's very difficult to come back the same person you were when you went down there, that's for sure. You can never come back to the world the way it was or the way you were. It's a metaphor for war. And as God is for, she knows. Mm-hmm. But that's not all that happened every time she crossed the gate. Right, so at each of the gates... um. <laughs> Good on the minister for doing this, but he was like, hey, our local custom dictates that you must remove a piece of your finery at each of our gates, each of our now six remaining gates. And Nana's like, that sounds really suspicious, but I can't, I don't have the, and, and she, and the May to prove it. They're like, it's in the May. And she's like, ah, I gotta follow the May. Right, the underworld May. Very different, very different. Different rules. Mm-hmm. So she starts by removing her jewelry and, like, you know, her fancy fineries. And then the final gate... I mean, she's got to go through seven gates. It's like, you know, are you wearing seven item of, items of clothing usually? Each individual sock is one. No, both socks count as one. Each ring... You could definitely wear more than, you know, you just wear socks and a couple rings and you wear more than seven. Her nose ring. 
She would have a lot more clothes at this point. She's <laughs> she's wearing seven items of clothes, guys. Yeah. Just get ready for that. So at the last one, he's like, hey, local custom dictates that you give something. She's like, I just have the dress, man. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> you know this girl, Freeballet. Yeah. <laughs> so she just rips off the dress and is like, fine, and then walks to her sister. Confidently naked. Butt-ass naked. Like a fucking goddess of sex and war and power that she is. Right. So as Ereshkigal rose from her throne to approach Inanna, um, she ran past Ereshkigal and sat on the throne instead, proclaiming that the realm was hers, which I love. It's so, like, childish. It's like naked Inanna just bolts through and just sits on the throne like, mine. This is what, a, this is what like, a, a four-year-old sister would do. She'd just run in and be like, it's my car now. Ah, and she's <laughs> naked and she's sitting on the chair. And, and you're just like, what the hell? Right? And that's what the rest of the call said. She's like, first of all, how dare you? Second of all, your butt-ass naked is on my throne. That doesn't mean that you own this place. <laughs> Get and, up. And, and, you know, and Anana is it's like, Nana, Nana, boo-boo. It's mine. <laughs> yeah, so... Give me the maze. <laughs> so this went on for a little bit, and eventually the seven judges of the underworld stepped in, and they were like... Nuh-uh, girl. You cannot just claim a throne by sitting on a chair. That's not how this works. <laughs> and she's like, if it fits, I sit. Yeah. <laughs> so they gave her, like, the most disapproving mom death stare you could possibly imagine. So much so that it just straight up killed her. Yo, if they gave her the... They gave her 14 evil eyes. Mm-hmm. The seven judges just turned her into a corpse. And then her sister hung that corpse up on a hook, which is disgusting. That's dis- that's disgusting, Arishkagal, goddess of the underworld. That's totally not something a goddess of the underworld would do. Yeah, that's that's gross. That Ugh. tracks. So, meanwhile... I mean, this takes some time, you know? Mm-hmm. Ninshivar... Back on the surface. Back on the surface. Inanna's maidservant was, like, super upset that her, um... That her mistress had to come back after the time that they said, Hey, if I'm not back by this time, you know what to do. Three days passed. Yes, and so she did what she was instructed. She went to Enlil's temple in Nippur to rescue Inanna, but he was like, she'll never be satisfied. She wants power. She wants, like, you know, she started up here. Now she started at the bottom. Now she's at the top. Now she's at the bottom again. Yeah, and really she started pretty close to the top. Was at the top, went to the bottom, and now she's at the bottom. Yeah, also he's like, nah, man, she did this to herself. I'm not going to help. So she's refused. Yeah, he's just like, like I'm gonna get my get my hands dirty in Ishtar's mess. I know better than that. Ishtar's always getting in one mess or another. This is another escapade. <laughs> so Ninshubar then went to the temple of Nana in Ur, but again was denied help. Nah, like, nah, 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 man, nah, nah. So <laughs> finally, she traveled to Eridu to ask Enki for help. Now this is where you know it's the third one. It's Enki. You know he's gonna say yes. Yeah, he can't say no to Inanna. Also, he's just, like, really tired of her shenanigans. Like, he just says this big, like, <sighs> I guess. She does keep things interesting. <laughs> she does keep me young, you know? <laughs> what would what would immortality be without Inanna? It would be a lot less interesting. <laughs> so, 
he's like, all right, I know what to do. And she's like, oh, the waters, that'll bring her back. And he's like, no, no, better. So he creates two sexless creatures who would be able to travel to and from the underworld to go fetch her. I mean, he does make the waters and plants that will bring her back. Yeah. That is part of it. This is also like, what? (laughs) That's in there. Yeah. But also like... Why? Why Why just these two creatures brought into existence with no sex? And he's just like, hey, do this thing. Because if you don't... If I created you. If you're a sexless creature, I mean... I'm th- your pappy. He made them out of... He made... He, like, scraped dirt on, under his fingernails, and he yeah. made them. And they look like some doughy-ass unbaked gingerbread man. They're the... They're the Pillsbury Doughboy. He made two sex... And the Pillsbury Doughboy... The Pillsbury Dough person. Is, yeah, Pillsbury Dough person. Like, that's who he made two of. It was like, you bring the plant juice, you bring the water, and go bring back a nun. Yeah, or I think of, like, doppelgangers from uh, D&D, that kind of thing. Yeah, oh yeah, they are formless. Maybe they have faces, but boy, are they generic. Yeah, they're un- they're unfrosted gingerbread men. Yeah. So... They're unbaked. <laughs> So he instructed him that they could slip through the gates of the underworld as flies that I guess he's going to transform them for. I don't know. And when they say, when they see Ereshkigal, she would be in labor and that they should cry out in empathy pain with her. So guess what? She's pregnant. I know. The story hadn't mentioned that either yet. I know. Just (laughs) conveniently through your curveball. And also what a weird request. Like, can you imagine Ereshkigal who is in pain, labor, about to have a baby and suddenly these two formless described as creatures, come up and, like, start she, wailing. She's, she's, like, screaming, you know, in labor. Yeah. And they, they grab her hands and they start wailing, too, like, it's fucking midsummer. Yeah. And she's just like, ah, who the fuck are you, right? Why what? are you here? No, she's going to appreciate the empathy. Think about it. You see someone screaming in pain. Maybe you just go up there and scream with them. I mean, that's midsummer, yo. D- don't do that. I don't, I, unless you're... Extreme empathy. Unless you're a sexless creature created by a god for a partic- for one singular purpose. Probably don't do that. And you're in the underworld. You know, what else? So they actually do all this, and they are told to ask for something that would grant their... Like, she's like, I'll give you whatever you want. Thank oh. you for screaming with me. Well, yeah. she, You know, <laughs> thank you for letting me vent. Pregnancy's a bitch, yo. Yeah. And and so, uh, like but Enki, you know, he's programming them. And he's like, she's going to offer you rivers of corn, whatever. <laughs> rivers of corn. It's corn syrup. Probably wheat. I don't think they have Invest. corn. It's rivers of wheat and gold and all sorts of good, good shit. And he's like, no. All you... T- no, nothing, nothing but Ishtar. That's all you're bringing back. Yeah, so you should ask for Anana, and that's all you should ask for. And so they do this, and all that stuff happens, and they got Anana off the hook. And the three of them begin the ascent back to Earth. That was a good joke, and you know it. <laughs> However, the seven judges caught up to them and asked where they were going. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not, we're not fans of this. Yeah, you... We we made her die, and you're bringing her back. You That's can't, not done. You can't just bring someone back from the underworld. That's not how it works on, in this particular underworld. Yeah, no, no, no. So you need to find someone to take her place. Yeah, that's... Because we need a body. It doesn't have to be hers, but just some sort of, like, space taker-upper. Souls come in. Souls don't come out. And if they do, we got to keep the status quo. We got we to gotta keep these numbers. We can't dial back the population number. 
It doesn't. It does. Doesn't go backwards. It only goes forward. You see, like that board in Hercules that's like proudly serving like a million souls. It's like a billion, million, yeah. Like six twenty-three, and it's like we can't go back. We can't. It's not like a car thing. We can't just dial it back. It'll freeze hell. Yeah. That's some little Nikki shit. <laughs> yeah, you know that saying. That's actually gonna happen. So they're like, hey man, you gotta like find someone to take your place. And they actually dispatched an escort of demon guards called Gala to make sure that she did this task and found someone as a suitable replacement for her in hell. Yeah, they brought some Gala back, boys. <laughs> so the first person they ran into was Inanna's faithful servant, Ninshuber. Ninshuber. Well, of course, you know, Ninshuber's running around just like, will, will you help Ishtar? Will you help Inanna? Because she's going to the different cities where she has different names. Yep. I still prefer Ishtar. And so she was found, like, rolling in the dirt, in her mourning rags, and just being, like, an overall sobbing mess. Yeah, imagine Alfred without Bruce. Yep. (laughs) Just doesn't know what to do with herself. Yeah, so Inanna couldn't condemn her. Like, she's a great servant. She did everything she was supposed to, you know. She's great. She can't, it's like, oh no, this girl. I need her. You don't throw away loyalty like that, she says to the gallows. And they're like, "Mm, yeah, yeah, sounds about right, yeah. Continue. She wouldn't have made it this far without Ninshibur. Yep. So next they met Shara, the god of the city of Uma, who was also mourning Inanna in, like, the morning rags and crying and make a big mess. Oh, yeah. Oh, just, like, weeping, bawling, really making, really uh, a, a great show of it. Right. And Inanna was unwilling to sacrifice him as he was, get this, her singer, hairdresser, and manicurist. You don't get rich. Do you know how... He was essential to her. Do you know how difficult it is to find someone who can do all three of those he was in really ancient triple... Mesopotamia? Yeah, he was really a triple threat. Like, oh, my. <laughs> singer, hairdresser, manicurist. And I bet he was a great listener. Yeah, best friend confidant, for sure. Oh. So you can't, you can't send him to hell. Yeah, she's like, not this one. I need this one. Also, I love that this is still the god of a different city. This is the god of Uma. Like, this city's patron god is beautician to Inanna is your is your city's bit like that is what conquest is is now your patron god is bitch to our god oh yeah so next under the great apple tree in the plain of Kulaba they found Inanna's lover the shepherd god Dumuzi yeah you don't have stories about Ishtar or Inanna without Dumuzi that's so easy God damn it, I thought I'd get it and look so great. I know. Got in one. Um, however, instead of mourning Inanna, like her other two, you know, prospective hell sacrifices, um, Dumuzi was sitting on a throne and not clothed in rags. He was not mourning. Yeah, he was dressed to the nines, like with super fancy clothes and like a golden throne. And glorious, as- glorious raiments. Oh, yes. And as soon as Inanna walked up, I bet he like was all, oop. Oh, yeah, he's totally, like, on the throne, being fed grapes, and, like, watching a story about how great Demuzi is. Yeah, and he's like, ooh, hey, girl! And it's it's absolutely, like, Loki when he takes over uh, Asgard, and oh, the Thor and Odin are gone, and he's like, you had one job, you're supposed to tell me if they're coming! And the, the one person who's, like, one of his sheep, probably, is it like... It was a sheep! <laughs> bah! <laughs> like, uh. My bad! <laughs> so, Inanna is... Furious that he is not groveling with sorrow at her death. No, he's he like, w- you're supposed to be my boyfriend. 
And you look like you're having a great time without me. <laughs> like, up until this point, they've been like, it's a wonderful life, and everyone's sad without you. And then it's just, this fucker who's... And then the love of your life is just, like, having a ball. <laughs> you doesn't just, even know that you're gone. You hear in the background, just, I'm free. As free as... <laughs> so, she cursed him to take her place. And in fear... Dumuzi um, appealed to Inanna's brother, the sun god Utu, in this story. Oh, we talked talk about Utu earlier. That's a sun god. Yeah. Uh, son, of, son of Anki and also brother too. Son of a Salome. Ishtar. Yeah. So to transform uh, Dumuzu into a snake to evade capture by the demons. However, apparently like the transformation only lasted half a year. Well, he did. He was just like, turn me into a snake. Turn me into a snake. And he's like, ha, got away. And, and the god's like... Yeah, sure, I'll do that. That sounds pretty cool. And but then, you know, six months later, he's like, he pops back and he has to go to hell and he's like, What? He and, like immediately turns back into his regular form and the demons are just like there and they're like, Time to go, man. And Uju's like, well, you didn't say how long, man. I didn't think you wanted to be a snake forever. Yeah, that sounds lame. Bobby just thought this was cool. Yeah, six months a snake. <laughs> that's a that's the, the Lee Daniels book. Yep. <laughs> so so for half of the year, he's a snake on the, like, surface world. And the other half of the year, he spends time in the underworld. You know, it, okay, so back to some similarities to the story of Persephone. Yeah. You might, th- this might account for some seasons in the more, say, desert, hotter, more uh, closer to the equator climates of Mesopotamia. Maybe they only got two seasons. It's like Florida, hot and less hot. Yeah. And That's wet and dry. That's it. That's it. So, Inanna, I guess, was, like, super sad and, re- and like, immediately regretted her decision. Damn, I should have picked someone else. Oh, yeah, I forgot I love him. Like, dang it. Oh, but I still love him. Oh, I still love him. It's yeah. The, it's the way he shepherds. <laughs> shepherds my heart. <laughs> so, she is like, ooh, I probably shouldn't have done that, but I can't really back out now. But, I mean... Six months. It's only six months out of the year because he turns back into a snake, so he gets to be above in the surface world as a snake. Yeah, but can she love a snake? Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, she can. Yes, she can. So, but she's like, well, he's only in there half a year, and the demons are like, uh, we need another warm body this other half of the year while he's fucking off being a snake. The snake keeps escaping. We need someone for those six months where well, where he will obviously escape. Yeah, we we don't have a cage with small enough bars. He gets through every time. So <laughs> the, the his sister, um, Demuzi's sister, Geshtinana, like raises her hand and offers to remain in the underworld for the other half of the year, which is like, girl, you don't need to sacrifice yourself like that. Girl, you... You did you, nothing wrong. Yeah, obviously love and appreciate your sibling far more than Arishkigal and Inanna. Yeah, Demuzi definitely doesn't appreciate his sibling. Dude turned himself into a snake. Yeah, he's like, peace. He, I, I bet if he realized it, he'd be like, oh, I should have just asked my sister to take the spot. She totally would have. I'll just slither away. <laughs> Salazar Demuzi. Yep. So that's how that ends. Um, in a different version... By the Akkadians, um, as you mentioned, Inanna is referred to as Ishtar, and mostly everything is the same except for, like, the inclusion of her maidservant and some later details. So it sort of, like, you know, picks up about the same speed, and when Ishtar appears naked before Ereshkigal, 
The elder sister sends 60 diseases. I don't even know if I can name 60 diseases to attack her sister's naked body, which is disgusting. It's a it's a disease cocktail. It's There's like boils and sores and like gangrene fever and werewolf lycanthropy. I don't know. It's wild. It's uh it's like it's like the underside of a truck stop toilet. Ugh. Ugh. Or a bodega. <laughs> Ugh. Bodega bathroom. Oof. So she then transforms Ishtar into a water skin instead of a corpse. Whatever, whatever makes you happy, girl. No, there's some, there's some water skin. Uh, yeah, you know, people get turned into water skins back then. Yeah. Why? Because people had water skins. That was a thing, and they're probably made out of leather. <laughs> Human water skins. Oh God, I don't like the sounds of that. No, <laughs> I want it to be made out of like a sheep's intestine or something. Way better. So that actually is a little bit better for hanging her up on the hook, though, instead of a corpse. She's a water skin hanging on a hook, which is way less terrifying, <laughs> honestly. Oh, this yeah. Is a more tame version. That is, that is actually far better than just your dead sister. It's like, well, I turned her into a water skin, but ugh. Yeah, no, bad leather. And but- she was, hang me out to dry. So in this version, the gods were forced to help because of a curse of sterility fell over both humans and animals. So so get this, so back when we were saying, you know, oh no, hell will freeze over if we go backwards. Well, what will really happen is if you take away the goddess of sex and fertility, there, there's going to be no more sex and fertility, guys. No yeah. more procreation. Yeah, that's the big thing is no one was fertile anymore, so there was no more babies and no more animal husbandry. And no one was even horny anymore, so it's not even trying. Yeah, it's not even fun. They're just flaccid. <laughs> so all the gods, like, freaked out and went to Ea. Even Zeus, at a different pantheon, not even created yet, yeah, freaked out. Was like, I can't fucking get it on. I can't fucking fuck. Fuck. So <laughs> in this version, Ea, oh, this is definitely, like, an uh, explicit attack. All right, in this version, Ea, who is Enki, uh, creates a pretty young man and sent him down to Reshkigal's realm to lighten the mood. I guess she wasn't pregnant, pregante in this one. <laughs> no, this guy's just here to party. No, yeah, it's she... like the SNL skit with Steve Martin, like, hey, we're party guys. Sends, <laughs> sends a, just sends a pretty pretty party boy. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty party boy. He shows up and he's like, lampshades and keggers. Hey. <laughs> he just, he brings the party. He's the like, Spuds, Spuds McKenzie or like Slugworm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this young man, after partying hard, um, asks for the release of Ishtar, and then Reshkigal begrudgingly agrees, because she's like, yo, you threw a real rager, man. This guy brought the party. I mean, the underworld hasn't partied this hard since it's been under. Yeah. (laughs) Since 5000 BC. So, but however, again, you can't, you can't go back. Without changing. So Ereshkigal actually curses this young man who was just brought into existence to party and save Ishtar's life. I live for two things, partying and saving the goddess of sex. Yeah. So he's cursed with poverty and, like, squalor. Just just for helping? Just for existing? I'm just a poor boy. <laughs> this is him. Oh, Lord. Please don't let me be misunderstood. Different song. Oh, what were you singing? I need no sympathy because I'm easy come, easy go. Oh, yep. 
I gotcha. Bohemian Rhapsody start. Yeah. That's a good one. Way different. Different than misunderstood. Yep. Um, so, so the young man asks for the release of Ishtar, and she agrees. And in this version, Demuzi's replacement is actually a term of the release, not like just something that she picks. It's like, hey, if you go free, we want your boyfriend in your stead. Yeah. And she's like, all right. She didn't choose Demuzi this time. Demuzi was chosen. But either way, and like any telling of it is like. Ishtar go, tries to go to hell, take it over, and Demuzi has to suffer for it. Yep. And in this version, uh, Demuzi's sister, who is called Belili, um, negotiated for his half a year's stay in the underworld and having it sort of coincide with a burial rite that um, people would perform at the time. So it kind of explain, you know, it also partially explains like... Why he's only there for half the time? Yeah, like a ritual, a burial ritual in Akkadian uh, regions. Yep. So there is still another version of this story. If you thought there was only two versions, you are wrong. There's many. Every every city-state has one, and it's like a clue. Like, but wait, no, it was Ishtar with the water skin and the Demuzi's a snake. Wait, no, that's three, that's different versions. <laughs> yeah, it's totally like some priest just like, no, this is how it really happened. Oh, it's definitely like three priests from different cities yeah. in like a bar just like, no, this is how it happened, guys. And they're like, no, 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 you've got it wrong. It was Ninshiber. And it's like, she's not even in my story. Yeah, absolutely. So in this version, um, it's more so about Demuzi's death and not really the trip to the underworld. Um, so Demuzi is killed by a gang of bandits to steal his sheep and cattle, which kind of raises the question to me, like, he's a god of shepherds, but he was done in by just, like, some bandits. Like, is he? Or is he just a shepherd? Or are there god bandits who exist to just maintain a similar societal structure <gasps> oh. to where the god, to where the bandits will always rob shepherds, even at the immortal level? Blew this right out of the water. Fucking great. Okay, but god bandits? Those are like D&D mods. Those are, those are villains. Yeah, <laughs> god bandits. You must defeat them. They've stolen the crystal heart of sympathy. <laughs> Well, now that sounds like a Care Bears episode. <laughs> I was just going to straight up, I was like, the crystal heart of transparent law. They're going to attack Somerset. <laughs> yeah, so he was killed by just some, like, sideliner bandits. And they... Whoa, whoa, whoa. It was the Dola gang. It totally was. Or it was the B- Belulu gang. Yeah, so to further confuse things, remember how I said that his sister in the um, Acadian story was named Belili? This gang leader is named Belulu. I kid you not. That's definitely like the two priests over drinks still oh, arguing. I heard it was Belulu. Be- it was Belulu, the bandit leader. is like, you, mo- you dumb. You absolute ninka poop. Be- First of all, it's not Belulu. It's Belili. Belili, and that's his sister. Yep. <laughs> totally. It's like somebody heard it once from like far away and they're like, I guess. It's mytho- it's mythological telephone. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely what it is. So Inanna finds out and is devastated that he is dead in this one. I, she's devastated all around, I guess. But in this one, she's like, I didn't cause this. Inanna's always devastated when Tamuzi dies, even when it's her fault. Yeah. She loves him. But she, you know, she'd throw him in the underworld. Yeah, to take her place. Oh yeah, for she'd sure. throw him under the bus. For she sure. loves him, but not as much as she loves herself or power or May or sex. 
Or sex and battle. <laughs> so Inanna finds the bandits celebrating their heist in a beer house. There's a lot of beer in these stories. Oh, yeah. So, so they're in a bar. Like, like, ah, we killed a god shepherd. Oh, can you... And we um, got all his flock and his herd. His god flock. Can you his imagine? His god shoes. You thought... You would think... He, you would think he would have put up more of a fight. He would have kicked us with those god shoes. No, you just went down like a bitch. Right? <laughs> like a human shepherd. Yeah, like the many human shepherds we've killed along the way. So, Inanna finds them and just, like, ruthlessly murders them, right? Just fucking kills them like she's fucking segment. Yeah, she even kills the, the bandit leader, who we just, we said Balulu, but we've really got to belabor this. She's an old woman. She's an old woman bandit leader, and that's kind of cool. I'm only 30. Well, yeah, this old as fuck back then. <laughs> Ishtar's a goddess, and she's not even 30. I didn't <laughs> vote for you. <laughs> you don't vote for your goddesses. See the powers. I was... See the violence inherent in the system. So she, Inanna, curses Balulu, the bandit leader, to be a, uh, guess what? Ding, 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 water skin to... Fuck, I was going to guess sheep and that would be ironic, but no, you're right. What? Water skins. Water, water skins. skins. It's all about water skins. I guess it's still kind of ironic because like water skins are most, most popular and most important for shepherds staying hydrated as they're tending to their flocks. Yes, desert nomadic tribes would use water skins to stay hydrated. So in this way... Um, this... Shepherds do even in non-deserts. Oh, yeah. But in this way, um, the bandit leader is now serving shepherds like the men that she killed, including the lover. Now that's irony. It is. Very much so. Forever. Because she's a waterskin of immortality. All waterskins are her. I don't know. Oh, I have one. It's a boda. It's not leather. You it's have like, Belulu. It's like plastic-ish. But it's a boda bag. I drink, I drink wine out of it. Pretend it's water. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're regular Jesus. <laughs> so, Inanna also transformed Belulu's son into a desert spirit whose only job is it to ring the dinner bell for Demuzi's spirit, which is kind of funny. It's like, come and get it. <laughs> I picture he looks like Genie and he's got like a gong for a belly and he's just like, boing, boing, boing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and he rings this bell because it's custom for people who are traveling on the desert to leave offerings of water and flour on the desert floor for Demuzi. So he's like, he like sees it. He's on like dinner watch. It's one of those things where you have so little because you're in the desert. You have so little water and you still got to pour one out for Demuzi. Yep. So he's like, Demuzi, come and get it, boy. Come and get it. And so Demuzi rises up from the underworld, I guess, and, like, licks it up. In a little snake body. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. A little, a little snake tongue to get the, uh, the flower in the water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this version doesn't really seem to have Demuzi returning to the realm of the living at all. And also this version's less... This version's not quite a Ishtar travels to the underworld to take... To take the May, but this is more about Demuzi's many demises. Yeah, he's like that character that constantly needs to die. He's Kenny. He's Kenny. <laughs> they constantly kill Demuzi. Any way you any way you phrase it, Demuzi's dead. Oh yeah, he just it happens and it has to. They killed Demuzi. <laughs> Those you bastards. <laughs> so in this one, Demuzi's sister Geshtinana is mourning his loss, and Inanna joins her, and they have like a pity party. Pity party. Pity party. So that is um, some of my favorite stories about Inanna slash Ishtar, sex goddess extraordinaire. Okay, but there's one more piece. There's one more that we got to talk about, and we'll just 
tease out the Epic of Gilgamesh because mm. we got to talk about how Gilgamesh roasts her. He absolutely obliterates her with his words. Oh, yeah. It's pretty great. Like, she's a she's a pretty pivotal character in the story. Um, and he just, like, he turns down her advances. And the way that he fucking just roasts her is hilarious. She, she you know. And she, I got to get, like, word for word. She, like, offers offers up herself, offers up her favor because she's this god. She's this goddess of this city, you know. And he's Gilgamesh. She's king of uh, Ur. She's the goddess of Uruk. And, uh, but he's just oh, like... the classic rivalry of Ur versus Uruk. Oh, you know the city-states fought. But he, and he, and she's just like, you want some? And he's like, hell fucking no, I don't. Everyone who loves you ends up dead, especially if there's names to Muzi, they end up dead three ways. And she's like, wow, way to hit below the belt. And he's like, I'm not even stunned. I am not even done. Can I talk about that? Why? Wait, what is it? Leather... But the Boda, the... Oh, um, she's a drafty door that lets in the winds, and she's a water skin that leaks, and she's an ill-fitting shoe. Oh, he calls her a fucking ill-fitting shoe, which is a great insult no matter what millennia you're in. Yeah, he raked her. Oh my god, that's not my favorite insult. It's like, you're a drafty door in an ill-fitting shoe. Again, we are back to ancient Sumerian Shakespeare. These are fantastic insults. Fantastic disses. Oh, just 10 out of 10. Yeah, honestly, we're going to do, when we do Gilgamesh, we're just going to rep his disc game. Yeah. It's just going to be, and then Gilgamesh went to this city. Uh, and threw down. And he he fucking, he roasted the Hittites. Get some ice for that bird. <laughs> he just—he absolutely obliterated the Assyrians. Hawala? Who? Who cares? Wrecked him. So yeah, look forward to that for the Gilgamesh episodes that I'm sure are forthcoming because it's a fantastic story about boy love. Oh yeah, it's it's the ultimate bromance, great flood, epic tale of achieving godhood for your king. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, Ishtar was super familiar to me, and Christian reminded me that that's the name of one of the characters, of, like, the family of characters in Yu-Gi-Oh!, which well, is fantastic. Well, yeah, the villain, Eric Ishtar, and his brother, or sister, Ashuzu Ishtar. So good. <laughs> which is why I continue to refer, I know, it could be Anana, it could be Ishtar, but I... That's the same person. I choose to go with the Akkadian Ishtar. I actually like Anana better, but, you know, agree to disagree. Yeah, we're gonna rep both. Yeah, they're both great names for a great goddess. Thank Remember, 69. 69. Nice. nice.